Tonight on Ship Chasing, we, of course, will reveal the week four bids. We're going to spotlight one of our teams uh, that we drafted here on stream, the Buckeye Boomers. But first, it is time to do what we've all been waiting for. Asta La Visca is fucking all time. It's so oh good. Oh my god. Fucking I we have waited so long to update that clip and I knew I was waiting for the perfect moment. I just didn't realize that perfect moment was Lavisca Chanel on the Panthers with a Spanish radio broadcast on the play-by-play. <laughs> yeah, if you told us that when he was uh, a rookie, we might have been like, oh, this isn't going to go well, is it? <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. Now we have CMC, who looks legitimately questionable for this week. The team is in disarray. And dare I say the only bright spot right now on the entire Panthers roster is LaVisca Chanel. I mean, it's, it's like kind of true because DJ Moore has been such an abject disappointment like it's been awful it's been it's been so bad i was like i was looking at his price tag this week i think he's 5300 on DraftKings. like it do i just have to devoid is he like full darnell mooney territory for you or is there a blow-up game within his range of outcomes i don't really i mean i think he's like you're betting on like 580 and a touchdown i think at this point yeah, doesn't seem like you're getting like a true blow up game. Baker's just been so bad. Do you do you think do you think they should make the switch to Darnold? I mean, from a team perspective, no. Like, I think Baker Baker's better than Darnold, but like from who's now I forget. Was it Gretch or someone was comparing him to uh, to like Winston or you know one of these guys who just is able to take chances. And uh, I think it's whoever covered the game for us on the Rotor World pod. But it's like, you know, like, yeah, he's going to make mistakes and do dumb stuff. But, like, he actually was giving his guys a chance a little bit. Baker just, like, sucks the life out of the offense. It really is unfortunate that Matt Corral is on IR. Like, say if it was, I don't know, a healthy Sam Howell that was just lurking on this depth chart. I mean, it would be a lot easier to get excited about something. Sam Howell would be... A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It it is it really is a disappointment. And it just seems I, I have a hard time, I guess similar to the Broncos right now. I'm having a hard time untangling. Is it Nathaniel Hackett? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Matt Rule? Is it Baker Mayfield? I'm guessing it's both in both of those situations, but I don't know where to assign the blame proportionally. Yeah, I got myself in trouble last week because I was pointing out some things that the Panthers were doing pretty well. Like they're actually they actually have a pretty high situation neutral pass rate. Um, they're not like going into a complete shell in terms of you know just like they're not the Bears, right? They're not just like desperately, desperately trying to hide Baker. And then uh, they, what, what else are they doing? Well, I don't know. They did something else that I was like, you know, this isn't too bad. And then <laughs> they 
you know, the the Arlovsky thing where he like calls them out for tipping all their plays because wherever <laughs> CMC lines up, they can it's an either an RPO or a uh or a run, like based on where he lines up. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, there's probably stuff. <laughs> there's probably additional bad coaching stuff that I'm not accounting for here in these numbers. And then Rappaport came out with his article that was like, the team's not panicking on Matt Rule. They're in no hurry to make. Uh, Clearly, I mean, if they were panicking on Matt Rule, they would have fired him like two years ago. Who do you think gets, I, I am I wrong? Do you think the top three most likely to get fired would be Matt Rule, Nathaniel Hackett, and Cliff Kingsbury? Is there a fourth in there? Uh, Well, so like, isn't Rule the guy like going away because... Hackett's should a first-year coach. I don't. Is Hackett going to get fired like in season in his first year? That would be a little. Don't, that would be a little crazy. Don't you think one head will have to roll, and it's probably not going to be Russell Wilson's? Like if push comes to shove. <laughs> yeah, but they'll give it like they have to be fully eliminated from the playoffs, right? Like they're not going to what because it's just going to be some dude that Hackett brought with him that's running things. Yeah. It's not like there's you know some some like shadow coach they can bring in. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I just saw this pan. I was Googling Matt Rule real quickly. Uh, and uh, there's this Panthers Wire article. And apparently he had a quote today talking about their matchup with the Cardinals. And the title is Matt Rule calls Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray a rare, rare, rare player. <laughs> That's the quote of a man who has been watching Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold <laughs> in practice for the past four months. Rare. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, the, like Salah's probably safe, right? Uh, no one like really jumps I, out. Yeah, I'm I'm aware that Cliff Kingsbury got got a new contract, but at some point you got to say to yourself, it's not working. Um, you know, uh, maybe a, a sort of a um, slightly under the radar guy would be Rivera. Yeah, right. If this kind of just goes south, they are one and two. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when John Gruden had a contract that would rival, you know, Scientology level contracts, and he's no longer the coach of the Raiders. So the, you, you can't get out from underneath these if you really You're talking about the Cliff contract? Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I I think that affects it a little bit, right? He no, it does. Through... It, it makes it a little less likely, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I feel like Carson Wentz is giving Rivera a little bit of a new lease on life, though, because we've seen he's flashed just enough that they can justify that they got something here. And those wide receivers are going to bail him out, too. He's flashed just enough so far, but he's they're one and two. I think their wide receivers are pretty overrated. None of them are doing well from yards per hour perspective. They're all doing well just based on like overall volume. And I think... I don't know. I think they could they could be one of those teams where we're like, why do we think they might be good again? Because they're yeah. like one of the worst three teams in the league. Uh, housekeeping note, Ben, ben Gretsch is at uh, parent-teacher conferences tonight. He's going to try to swing by a little later. He was giving us a play-by-play uh, doing – I had such a flashback. I hadn't seen – he sh- sent us a photo of one of his cards that had like – you know, you used to see your parents 10 minutes in your English room, 10 minutes in your science. I hadn't seen one of those in ages. Uh, so Ben Gretsch doing That gave me work. flashbacks as well. Yeah. I mean, my God, when you're like sweating your parents, meeting all of your teachers and all that. 
Um, we, we don't talk about pickleball on these airwaves here. Uh, have you seen, I mean, I assume Pat, it's probably everywhere. I assume Brooklyn is just overrun with fucking pickleball. Yeah, I was, uh, I was worried. I was going to have to tell you I had played pickleball, No, but we couldn't, we couldn't find a fourth, but Brittany, no, Brittany, you... Brittany they... bought, didn't you buy Brit? Didn't you buy a pickleball set? Yeah. She brought, she has a pickleball. Brit set. bought a pickleball set. Brit bought a pickleball Brit, set. Brit, be less of a cliche. Honestly, Brit. <laughs> I didn't even God. know. She was just like, yeah, we're, uh, you know, like her work friend, they were getting together playing, but yeah. but they wanted to get a, a doubles game together. <laughs> doubles pickleball. Oh, I, I'm sure. The, the hottest double date in 2022 is fucking playing pickleball with each other. I love all of you guys pretending like you've loved pickleball for like your entire life. I'm not even sure what just... it is. What What is it? It, I know you use a racket and there's a ball. That's all I know. You're but, asking you know, me. I have never played. I and you're the one that plays pickleball, and you're asking me. I've never played pickleball. My girlfriend just bought a pickleball set. That's all I know. About. <laughs> God, and I was about to just... play this weekend, and it fell through. Yeah, I mean the 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 Venn diagram of people who bake sourdough bread during quarantine and play pickleball now is a fucking we, flat circle. We do have some sourdough starter, but oh, I'm sure but you I, do. But I ran out of the, the fucking <laughs> yeast or whatever you give it, and so it's dead. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't yeah. Keep it alive. Um. All right. Yeah. I look forward to whatever flavor of the week, individual dual sport, all you hipsters find in about two months. Once LeBron James pumps and dumps his pickleball investment. Um. Uh. Also, this. Yeah. Wait, as Mike pickleball's elitist, it doesn't seem elitist at all. You're just playing. Oh, it's completely elitist. You guys are elitist. Going to the park kicking... in the in a sunny Saturday afternoon. Yeah, because not you're have you not. Have you not read from the New York City uh, mayors that you guys are displacing underprivileged youth who just want to play classic games like Foursquare and basketball, and you guys are running over there with your new pickleball set saying, no, 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 get out of the way. We got to ironically play this shitty sport. That's what's happening. What do you even play? I thought you played it, played it on like a tennis court or something. You're supposed to, but you guys are so frothy to play this shit game that you're kicking kids off the playground. I literally never played it. You are part of it. There you you are 4 feet away from a brand new pickleball set. Probably still has the tags on it. That's true. Bro, we got to get we got to get that pickleball set out this weekend. Get out of here. All right, she's down. Brit's excited. Brit, play badminton. Play racquetball. Play a play a sport unironically, all right? Um, there's nothing ironic about it. No, you are right. There's no maybe for me, but it. not from her. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> she just is genuinely excited about pickleball. Um. All right. I, I'm not gonna let this let let this show get derailed by big pickleball. That's what they. It want. is. It is. Yeah. A Fritz boy asking. You know, why are you hating, bro? Like you generally don't have a very hater vibe. I feel like you're usually no. kind of just out there, sort of. You know, spreading some spreading some positivity. <laughs> You're like one of the few Twitter accounts that doesn't get all riled up, but here you've you've lost your cool man. Have, have you not got seen my? Skin. Have you not seen my account? My account has basically turned into an anti-pickleball account. That's what I'm saying. It's it's no pickleball, Pete. All I tweet about is uh, pickleball these days. I'm saying you've I mean, lost your way. You got you got to get back on the positivity train, man. It's just a bit I'm workshopping. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Live and let live, except pickleball. I get idiots. The pickleball bros. Uh, 
So I would say week three on the whole for our portfolio was a good week. We had lots of teams move to two and one, which was nice. It's ironic uh, that unfortunately our two worst teams are 0 and three teams. We only have two 0 and three teams and they just happen to be with our Rotoviz friends. Um, so I, what, I mean, is there correlation there? I mean, Maybe this zero RB stuff doesn't work maybe, because when we draft with Hassad, Blair, and Sean, the well, teams actually, don't do good. <laughs> neither, neither are zero running back, right? Don't we have ETN on both? Yes, we have ETN on both of those teams. Yeah, that well, was that's our actually problem. why. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I would I would say on a whole, it was uh, a good week for us. And we did have a couple brutal losses where we didn't have Devonta Smith in oh. the lineup, which stings because – what 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 was our exposure to Devonta Smith in our pretty high portfolio? Yeah, yeah, pretty high because he's like one of those guys that I don't think we loved, but was just mispriced, which is kind of like where we were. I think we were like a little higher collectively on Debo last year, but it was a similar thing where we're mostly just like this guy shouldn't be going here. Um, yeah, like I'm not entirely sure how it pays off, but like this is just too good a bet. I feel like Devonta was was somewhat similar. Yeah, it looks like I just, uh, on my account, and this might include a couple of the best ball drafts and not our main, actually, let's see, can I, no, I can uh, I can drill down on this one for our exposures here. Uh, Devonta Smith, five main events, so 40% okay. almost, which is, that's a legit number. Now we just got to fucking start him. Is, I mean, is he a guy? Because we still have fringe decisions where... It's it's no knock on Devonta Smith. It's just that we have good wide receivers where he is like that fringe fourth fifth guy. No, and it's tough because like the first thing we got was him, you know, not having a good game and AJ Brown just absolutely dominating. And so that just sort of sticks in your mind for for longer than it should. This game could be really interesting against the Jaguars. Like they might actually be able to push back. You know, like the Eagles have just dominated the Vikings and the Commanders the last couple of weeks. Um, Hertz has still gone off in both games, but man, if we got like a legit shootout where the Eagles were pass heavy, it'd be pretty fun. Well, and, and Chris says, yeah, in, in our, uh, our G unit league, he says we're starting him over DJM. That's an easy one. That's an easy one. There's, there's far harder ones where I think we have some like Devonta Smith versus Drake London spots, which you start to get into that thing. Do you want, and I would say, wouldn't you say a comparable would almost be Gabriel Davis at this standpoint, where it's just like you want exposure to the 45, 50 point explosion from the Bills or Eagles. And yet a guy like Drake London is just naturally going to have a higher target share and probably a higher floor in week to week. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a good comparison. Um, but man, I I mean, so far Smith's shown a higher ceiling. I'm not sure he has a higher ceiling, but like I didn't think that he would have the chance to kind of just like take over as the number one guy. If you know, if there's too much defensive attention on Brown, he's, he surprised me. He's been really, really good this year. Uh, I think some of your pickleball rackets are laying on your ethernet cord because your, your internet looks a little fuzzy right now. Oh, really? It, it looks good. Yeah. On my end. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I, the, it is a it's a good problem to have. Last week we had you know Drico and Sam on. We were viewing that team later tonight. We're gonna have our Buckeye Boomers 
friends, uh, Essential, aka Evan and Josh, swing on by that team's three and zero. But one of the things too you'll see when we look at this Buckeye Boomers team is even when you think you are loaded at wide receiver, you are not as loaded as at wide receiver. Like that team's three and zero, and we have to start DJ Moore this week. Um, and it just goes to show how quickly how we order these guys and how comfortable we think we are can get yeah. blown to pieces by busts, by injuries, by buys. You never have enough wide receivers. You never have enough wide receivers. Uh, sometimes you think you do, you still don't. Okay. And then this isn't directed at anyone specifically on any specific teams, but you never have enough wide receivers. Do you know why I was so confused? I was doing my sweep through our teams. And I could swear there were still multiple leagues where Noah Brown was on the waiver wire. And I was like, I thought we did this Noah Brown thing last week. Like, did, did people not pick up Noah Brown in every league? Because he's not the kind of guy that we're rushing to pick up the way our teams are constructed. And yet I still didn't think he would be available there. Yeah, I, I, it's probably a bad sign that he is, right? Yeah. Because like, he's the type of guy that you know normally is getting scooped up for 120 bucks or whatever. Um. Yeah. yeah, people are building differently this year. The, uh, you know, where are you? What do you have any other kind of macro takes on on how things are shaking out? Obviously, you know, the zero RB stuff is continuing to get a little buzz. Everyone's like, oh yeah, maybe that that was the the way to go here. And yet, we still haven't even seen any. I guess we've seen the smashes we've seen at zero RB were drafted in most leagues, right? Like this week. You had Jamal Williams drafted in every league, yeah. Will Herbert drafted in every league, and then Alexander Madison, if Dalvin Cook happens to miss. All of those guys were, what, 12th through 15th round picks in most main event drafts? Yeah, but, I mean, they were very much like guys taken as contingent bets, you know, as zero running back type of bets. So, I mean, we have Jamal Williams. I don't know if we ended up with a ton of Herbert. I feel like we, we ended up liking him, but what's up? What's up, um, guys? Uh, Gretch, we do have a question here from uh, Dalton <laughs> Peades. He says, should I drop Kyle Pitts? Do you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, it's It's been a tough few weeks, but but yes, you, you should. Um, we we got to move on. <laughs> yeah. There's been lots of conversations about Kyle Pitts versus Mark Andrews in our private chat with Leone because that was a that was a decision point we had during our, our Ted K draft. And, I actually went back and looked that up. It's funny because I, I mean we were kind of I, I was definitely pushing for Pitts in the third round of that draft, but we were sort of under the assumption that Andrews wouldn't be there. Some of the other boards we were looking at, neither of them made it to our pick in the third round. And our live conversation, I was like, I hope I wasn't like pushing too hard for Pitts. I went back to it. I was like, it's got to be Pitts or Andrews, right? And then Leone was like, let's do Pitts. Gretch, say it. Like he told me to announce it because he knew that I wanted Pitts really bad. But like, I was like, at least I wasn't like pounding the table for Pitts in the moment. Like, I think Leone is the say, one who... I should have written it down because I, I was, I was, I voted Andrews. You, and I... Pat voted Andrews. I was on Pitts with Gretch. I think Leone straight up was on Andrews and then just. But he was so resigned. He was, he was so resigned. Team yeah. Andrews never had a chance. Right. He was so resigned. He was definitely on Andrews when we did our projection. He definitely call. was. Yeah. He made some when are we going to learn? Cases. Like we, what are we going to learn to just let Leone break tiebreakers, guys? Well, he, he pre-capitulated <laughs> though. He pre-capitulated. He, pre-capitulated. he was like, because like, I was like, I'm on Andrews. He's like, what? You're on Andrews? Yeah. I was like, yes, dude, I'm on Andrews. And then he was like, I thought you guys wanted pits. That's adorable. 
That, that is, that's honestly adorable. That's Sometimes adorable. Murphy is a piece of shit during this show, but that was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. You got some Murphy takes to get off? Sounds yeah, like dude. Really cool. You know, you know, sometimes he's barking up a storm. You know, maybe maybe these pickleball rackets are actually soothing to uh to Murphy because he seems yeah, very lucky. Or maybe I'm dying to know another... what we decided in some of our bids, but I guess we probably don't want to announce all those. I, I want to ask you guys so bad what we decided. I've missed some of these combos. I've been at a curriculum night for my new middle school, newly middle school, first year How'd middle go? school daughter. Yeah, how present were you during those uh, those sessions, Ben? Dude, it was so brutal. <laughs> I was not. I was not present. They were just teaching us how to use like the online system and how to look up grades and stuff. And she's like the model student. She's such a good kid. I'm very lucky to have her. But like. Anything I need to know, I can just ask her and she would show me. And also, like, we they, they did it as, like, a mock her day of school. So, like, we went to each class for yeah. 10 minutes and sat in the class and they gave us a PowerPoint and then the bells rang and then we moved to the next class. And, like, the teachers were not even present. <laughs> They're just going through the motions of, you know, here's how you use the online system and stuff. One of them didn't get through it. And she's like, if you have any questions, just email me. It's like, this is all information I could get elsewhere. I don't need you to tell me. One of them was teaching, the first period one was teaching us how to feed our kid well before school. And like, they were making jokes about uh, uh, us being back in middle school, which is what it felt like. Yeah. I'm sitting there in middle school being taught how to yeah. be a parent. And I'm just like, this is miserable. I feel like we could use a, a back to school night on how to submit bids on the NFC website. I feel like I could go through multiple. Did anyone check that. that those actually got put in? I think Leone did. Leone sent a screenshot. Leone did keeps he? us okay. on the straight and narrow. Um, there you go. Yeah, Gretch, are you a, are you a mini celebrity uh, here around uh, around the school? No, I don't get anyone. Uh, I've had like a couple people in my life recognize me in in person. A guy working at a golf uh, a golf course one time when my father-in-law was there, and he was really impressed. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, wait, you're the Ben Crutch from CBS? I was like, yeah, you caught me. <laughs> there you go. I was I was so devastated. It was last Saturday night. Our new neighbors here invited us over to have drinks. They're similar age as us, and this guy's a general contractor. He's like self-taught, super handy, just does all this stuff, and I was just like, I really hope he thinks like fantasy and stuff is cool. Cause when he like asks it and he just like had no interest whatsoever in fantasy. And then I was like, fuck, now I really seem like an idiot, you know, where it's like, <laughs> I'm already feeling so emasculated by this guy who could just like whip up anything he wants. And I was like, the lat, the only thing I could hang my hat on was if he thought fantasy football was cool and he did not. So I was, <laughs> I was dusted from the start. <laughs> um, Wow, Henry, uh, good Lord, the NFFC is by far the easiest site to do. Why are you yelling oh uh, if you Henry. use the watch list? Henry, Henry fix, fix your hey. keyboard. Yeah. Henry, fix your gap <laughs> Fix your block. tone. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Fix your tone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough scene. Uh, what would you say you do all day? That's, that's always <laughs> like a really tough conversation. Um <laughs> We were able to relate because he was doing some like marketing for his contracting on like Instagram. So I was able to talk about like fucking social media algorithms. That was all that was all I could contribute to his general contractor conversation. Um, all right, Gretch, we were going through some of our teams. We we're talking about Devonta Smith uh, breakout. Yeah. Um, let's see. Exciting. We were we were talking about how our road of his teams 
uh, aren't doing good. They both have Travis Etienne on them. Do, are we going to see an Etienne Robinson flipping? I think we will at some point again. Uh, we haven't yet. I, I thought it was interesting looking up, it, looking into the next gen stats a little bit this week for stealing signals, just to kind of get a feel for some of the three week, you know, efficiency metrics and things like that. I, I, I was looking at some of the running back stuff. They have the rushing yards over expected model that was part of the big data bowl a couple of years ago, which is apparently a really good model. I remember reading about it after the big data. I, bowl. I like that stat a lot. They, they have it on, on next gen stats now, which is really cool. One yeah. of the ways they look at that is a percentage of rushes that went for positive expected yards, like relative to what was blocked and the distance between the runner and the closest defender and all of those things. Like success rate, basically. Basically success rate, but more advanced, obviously, right? Because it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. an actual model of expected rushing yards based on the blocking and all of that. James Robinson, pretty low in that. He has long touchdowns over the last couple of weeks, obviously. The one lot this past week, incredibly well blocked. I mean... Great story. It's been fantastic to watch him. He's had the couple long runs. He's definitely a running back who does what you need out of him. And and he's maybe not a guy who you think of as even an explosive play guy. So he's getting these explosive plays. That's great. But like he was, I think it's 25% of his runs. He's gotten positive yards over expected. Like he's not actually on a down to down basis performing extremely well. I pulled it up 26. And the only three running backs behind him are Clyde Edwards Elaire. Yep. Joe Mixon. He's the 25. And yeah. Najee Harris. I and think Najee I like Harris. this stat. It's, it's a good stat. the stat I like. Great stat. <laughs> it made me feel real good to look at this stat. Yeah. I well, use the the rush yards over expected per attempt a lot, but maybe this, I think they added the success rate this year, didn't they? I think that's new. I don't I don't know. Well, it's new. always good to check our biases too, because I noticed JJ in his 15 transactions had James Robinson as a sell high. Dwayne in his utilization report uh, had James Robinson as a sell high. So I was like, I, I don't think we're just being, okay. you know, irrationally biased uh, against James Robinson's usage. He was wildly outperforming his expected points. Yeah. I mean, the long runs are going to do that. I, I guess I think even beyond that, because I think the explosive plays a lot of times can actually be misleading from a sell high standpoint. Because it it's like yeah he's he's you know outperforming expected points but a lot of times it can lead to more opportunity or you know a, a better right. role or whatever. In this case, I think you know some of the success rate I think is like when you peel back the coverage. It's not just that he's outperforming; it's also that it's it's wildly just on those plays. There's not a lot else going on on the other plays. I think over the long haul, ETN has a pretty good shot to to work his way back in front of of Robinson. And the other thing, wouldn't you say game scripts are breaking really well right now for James Robinson? I mean, the Jags are look like one of the best teams in football, top five in both offensive and defensive DVOA. That's going to lend itself to more, I think, James Robinson scripts, which maybe you could spin as, hey, they're going to keep that up. Um, but I guess they haven't found themselves in too many, like, we got to you know check down to ETN from behind scenarios. They've also played the commanders the colts and then you know this really banged up chargers team that lost joey bosa during the game so i don't know i mean i wonder i think this game will really tell us who the jaguars are because their strength is passing game but the eagles have really good pass defense so if lawrence is good here then i think they're just gonna be a good team yeah uh gretch are there any other kind of new um, trends or things that surprised you from week three uh, that was maybe different than what we saw the first couple of weeks as we still build up a sample size here? 
how much time do you got? <laughs> um, I mean, this show we we can go till midnight. So, yeah. um, I'm like two. No. Um, Debo's a dot. That was a big. That was a signal that I threw out there. I don't know why he's the first one to popped into my mind. That, but his a dot was two, and I think negative point five in weeks one and two, and then it was seven last week. It's always going to be low because he gets the targets near the line of scrimmage, right? It's average depth of target, but he got some air yards, which we actually saw at times last year as well. Early in weeks one and two this year with Lance under center, they were kind of just treating him as a, you know, really close to the line of scrimmage guy and running their off. Like now that Garoppolo's back, it looks like Debo might have the role from last year back, like the full role, the late year role. I think he's actually going to kind of explode. He seems like a pretty good buy. Which is so funny. I saw a tweet today and it was like, uh, no one wants to talk about how Debo has been awful this year. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, did I miss something on that? I mean, is that just box score watching? If, or I don't know. I feel like Debo's yeah. been solid. He's been fine mostly, right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't That's got a lot of. Of, he hasn't got a lot of receiving, but he's got at least four carries every game. He just pulled up his box score. He has fifty rushing yards in two of the three mm-hmm. games, and then last week he had five for seventy-three receiving when he didn't have fifty rushing. What, what, how's he been off? He's had double-digit yeah. points every game. Pretty yeah. easily. I mean, he's he hasn't been great. He hasn't been like you know elite or anything he hasn't done he hasn't had a Tyree kill game but my point is with the air yards then it's coming because he also gets like green zone rushes you know he has this really unique role now but if he can get some downfield plays like he got at times last year a few explosive plays uh you know with some air yards under him on top of his rush work on top of you know more TD equity than basically any receiver in the league because he has the potential to catch TDs and run for him or up there, maybe not more than any any receiver in the league, but definitely up there with a lot of the other receivers. All right, I think people, gonna, I think this would be good. Yeah, I'm not worried about Debo. Uh, people want Carolina Panthers takes. Let Let's start with this one, which is there's been lots of rumblings that this new Christian McCaffrey quad injury is a little more serious than just the nicks and dings he's had previously. Lots of rumblings that he is actually doubtful for this week. I think he's probably officially questionable right now. If he were to miss, do you guys have takes on this Chuba Hubbard versus Deontay Foreman? split because this was a riddle we were all trying to crack throughout best ball season too as far as who is the preferred handcuff i don't know if i have any more clarity on it right now do you guys have any any takes on this i, I think sam's my biggest right take that, is go, go ahead you can go ahead i was gonna say sam's right that he flipped him um in yeah. snaps last week but we're talking about super small samples so i think we we should be careful with that um but you also don't want to just completely ignore it you know like so my expectation is that Foreman will be a lot more popular of the two because I think pretty much everyone thinks he's better, but we don't know. And Foreman is also a journeyman who, you know, he tore his Achilles early in his career, was out of the NFL for a while, had a nice little run last year, but like, I mean, on a, on the Panthers, he might stink, right? Like it's, it's totally possible that Hubbard plays better than he did last year and is you know, the guy you actually want. So I think, you know, put in bids for both. Um, and I think but low bids, fairly similar prices, low bids, definitely low yeah. bids. But, but I think, yeah, that was, that saying, was my big take was, I mean, him. they're not even using Christian McCaffrey in ways to get him high value touches. Yeah. He's a high value touch God and they're not even getting him any. So like you're talking like they're running him into the line 25 times a game. It's, I, it is so frustrating that he's banged up now too because they gave him 25 rush attempts and two receptions last week. 
They are not running him on those option routes that they were even last year when Joe Brady was a coordinator. What the fuck are they doing? Like, we already have injury concerns with this guy. Why are they treating him like Derrick Henry? I whatever but why why are the titans treating derrick henry like derrick yeah henry? that's another fair thing. fair but at least he's 240 pounds christian yeah. mccaffrey's 205 right like we always talk about that pat when we're talking about the younger backs you're like yeah but mccaffrey like is one of the guys that's been able to handle you know being a smaller back aaron jones but like he's small he's on the small side for a lead back you treat him as you know an austin eckler how they use eckler mostly in the passing game get him eight to ten carries or whatever that's the way you would use Christian McCaffrey if you had half a brain. And the, the testament to Christian McCaffrey. Well, there's no even, template for doing it, Penn. No, there's no uh, template yeah. to follow with Christian McCaffrey. Wouldn't have any idea how to do it. The testament to McCaffrey is even with that, he has run crazy efficiently so far this year. He's been at almost five yards a carry. He's run for 100 yards two games in a row. And it's in a very you know boring offense. They're not, they don't have any threat to pass. They don't actually have a particularly good blocking scheme. But he's just really good. He also had a long run callback by penalty last week. I mean, this guy's actually, you know, just a really good runner, even in a bad offense. But that's another part of the problem with Foreman and Hubbard is even if, like, I think Foreman's the better runner, probably a better fit for how bad this offense is to actually do something yeah. if McCaffrey's out. Yeah. But they're both going to struggle because they're not Christian McCaffrey. They're going to be used suboptimally in a bad offense. They're going to split it. And they're both not that good. As good so as. What was the little epiphany I had when you guys were talking about that is like, normally I think if you think it's a coin flip, you gravitate toward the guy who's going to catch passes, which it seems like based on Chuba Hubbard, passing him in snaps, Chuba Hubbard in the preseason was getting more third downs. But like you said, this offense does not fucking care about high value touches. They're going to slam a guy down the middle, which is going to be Deontay Foreman. Just like talking that out makes me think that I would rather have Foreman the way you're going to get 15 carries for 50 yards and you're hoping to get a TD out of him. And then Hubbard, yeah, you're going to get three bet. catches and, and four carries. And like, I think they're both going to score six or eight points. Like that's, what's going to happen. That's well, the Brian, same thing at best you're hoping for, you know, from like a Craig Reynolds. Like I'm just saying yeah. it's tough out there in these running back yeah. streets. Like yeah, that's it usable. That's usable. It is usable. It is, yeah. It is yeah. Usable. yeah. Ryan also, Ryan Falcon here makes a, a good comment saying that rule will choose wrong. So I actually think from that perspective, which good I point. agree with, we should go with Hubbard we because Hubbard. I do think he's less talented. Yeah. But, and we've already seen yeah, that he's we begun choosing wrong. Levels. That's, yeah. I mean, rule, but I'm, I'm with him. Decision. What are yeah. the odds that Rule does it right? It's probably so low that it's it's, it's going to be Hubbard 15 carries into the line. For this is like Princess Bride level yeah. logic of like, <laughs> yeah. he should use Hubbard in the passing game, but he won't, so, so he won't. use Deontay yeah. Ford. But Deontay Ford is better, so he will use Hubbard. God. I actually what think is, I'm sold that it's Hubbard. This has get legs. him cheaper. This has legs. What if what if the answer is actually LaVisca? Actually, Gretch Gretch missed the Visca. We have to show Gretch. Gretch missed this. Let's play it again. Gretch. Okay. That's so good. That's so good. 
the, the, oh, beautiful, the beautiful thing like about the, the first visca clip is that it never dragged like it just moved along at a good clip and this edit uh it shout out to my guy zeded for helping with this uh it just the spanish radio call i swear to god i could listen to two minutes straight so of it good. and not get bored it just the so pacing good. is immaculate visca <laughs> running back would be an awesome answer my joke i uh, know one of our chats was uh, maybe they'll just give DJ more 25 carries up the middle so we can get him some touches. I mean, just figure something out. Yeah, Their offense a, is terrible. Relegate the Panthers. Yeah. Um, Schiff's girlfriend said, what the fuck are you watching? It's a, <laughs> it's a fair question anytime on a Wednesday night at 9.50, and particularly tonight. Um, Matt Hudson says, uh, I'm only listening to Spanish radio from now on. No, I was seeing this. I was talking about it on Sirius XM today too, where it, like the energy these guys bring and like the only, th what's the closest thing we have to this? Like, uh, uh, Gus Johnson. Yeah. Gus you know, Johnson. a guy yeah. that just yeah. is electric on every call. I mean, these guys leave it all out on the field. These Spanish the radio. Guy, I think, yeah. It's incredible. They act like there's only going to be one other touchdown from here till the end of time and they need to properly celebrate it right. that's their level of enthusiasm well it's it's sort of the bringing the the energy of a soccer goal yes to a touchdown which there's many more touchdowns <laughs> over the course of a given game right i guess not not that much more but yeah. more but there's more yeah uh people want us to reveal some kicker bids i can certainly reveal kicker bids I, I'll just say it again, man. This was another super gross week on the waiver wire. Like no smashes, nothing to empty the clip. Do we have any bids over like $35? I don't really think we do. Not really. Yeah. yeah I don't know of any. What, oh, what, what happened to the waiver wire? The waivers, waivers <laughs> used to be so to fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what but it is, I mean, to your point about, you know, the zero running back stuff, like, there hasn't been a real waiver wire smash at running back, right? Am, yeah. I, am I already forgetting someone? I don't think there has. So, you know, you're kind of like, we're kind of, in a sense, playing one-handed here. We're one, one with one hand tied behind our back. If you were weak at running back going in, you're probably still weak at running back. Like, on some of our stronger teams, we're still starting, like, Devin Singletary and Melvin Gordon and Rashad Penny. So, uh, I don't know. I think, like... Zero running backs done very well to start the year, but it's all just based on the strong wide receiver firepower. Once we actually get some running backs popping up, which we will. Yeah. I have, I've, I have seen a couple questions. So on some fringe guys that shouldn't be available in leagues, I don't, I don't know if you're talking about FFPC, what would you bid on George Pickens? I mean, I'd be in what 25 to 30% fab. Is that, Sound right to you guys? This is what the waiver game? wire is. It's guys that shouldn't probably have been dropped yet. And there, there's a couple. I don't think I'd be quite that high. Yeah, I don't know. If I'd, I'd be more like I'd be like between. I'd be like between 100 and 200, depending on your teammates. Yeah, I was, I was doing percentages because be, I don't know what. I was thinking 20 20 percent. It, it really depends yeah. on. I'm assuming he's talking about FFPC. You you were saying percentages because you don't know what the league is. What what for? Yeah. Yeah. If it's a league where there's like the possibility, like a casual league where there's a possibility of other rookies being available and stuff, I mean, I'm not going that crazy for pick. I mean, Pickens looks good, but 
It's interesting. I actually got asked about him earlier, and I was saying if he had had he had a seven target game, if he had a couple seven or eight target games so far this year, we'd probably be thinking about him a lot more favorably. But it's it's a small sample. But he's had three games. Two of them were very low targets. He's run plenty of routes. He's in a bad passing offense with a lot of competition. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, does does Pickens look good? I know he had that incredible catch, but like from a fantasy profile perspective, does he actually look good? Because I think he looks bad. I think his fantasy profile looks bad. The only other thing I would say, just from like a macro macro perspective, is we're also getting incredibly spoiled by these rookie breakouts. We're getting like fucking yeah, yeah. two a week right now. And on a typical year, it more we more have guys like Pickens where you can still right, tell right. yourself a story where Pickens is a smash weeks 15 through 17. Like right. I can tell both of you that and n- neither of you would think that was a crazy scenario. No, no, like I think I that's the way it, to yeah. play it. And I also yeah. I also think like but you want to? I think if he's out there, you want to bid on him at a price where if you need to throw him back later, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah, like something like one fifty, something like that. I would be into it because you, you might, you might very well throw him back. Like Deontay Johnson, not only is he still a target hog, he has a thirty percent target per outrun this year, which is really, really high. He also has an eleven point five eight out. I feel like he's kind of smashing the narrative. And Ben, you were all over this, but it's like. He's not just a shallow target owner. He's just a target owner, period. And then Fryermuth also looks really good. And Chase Claypool's not awesome, but he's he's in the mix. So it's a, it's a tough spot for Pickens. When I say he looks bad, again, I mean from his fantasy profile, because he's a Mitch Trubisky wide receiver with legit target competition. He's got a 17.6 ADOT. I don't even know if Pickett coming in will help him there. Like, is Pickett going to be airing it out downfield a lot? It's just, it's just a tough spot. They had some comments before last week that they needed to get the ball down the field, and it's been big in the Pittsburgh media, and they were getting asked about it, and Mitch had a comment about, you know, call the concepts that get down there. The, all the receivers had comments about it. It was kind of kind of bad. And then Trubisky had a way higher passing aid on in week three. They actually did get the ball down the field. It was a windy game, though. Not the great time to do it. But that helped Pickens a little. He got to the seven targets. He ends up making the one-handed catch. He got a few deep looks. But they also went downfield to Deontay a yep. couple times. They went downfield. I mean, it's it wasn't like it was just gonna, you know, a George Pickens explosion situation when they started throwing a bunch. Uh and, and yeah, I mean they can go downfield to Claypool. I don't know if they did a ton on Thursday last week, but definitely uh I mean, like like you said, Pete, the, 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 I think you nailed it. Like we've been spoiled a little bit with the rookie breakouts. So there's no guarantee that every rookie is gonna have a monster rookie year. It's just not how it works. Yeah. Um, one quick one here. We got three minutes. I've seen a lot of questions about Isaiah McKenzie. Um, I guess he had gotten dropped in a decent amount of leagues. How are you guys viewing a player like him where you kind of know his upside is probably capped, but he could give you like solid production through the bye weeks? I view it almost a little differently. Like I don't, in a lot of our teams, we don't really want to be starting Isaiah McKenzie right now because he's only running a little more than half the routes. Yeah. Uh, and like when they didn't have Gabriel Davis, they went to Jake Coomer on the outside uh, where I thought maybe we might see like McKenzie and Crowder kind of split some of that role just to get them both on the field. Um, but to because that isn't available, I think he's like he needs almost a Crowder injury in order to be someone you're super comfortable starting. him. If he gets that injury, I actually do think he has a decent amount of upside, although maybe um, Shakir would play a lot and cap him still but but i kind of view him as actually kind of more of like a long-term upside play really yeah i to me he more seems like 
for the um the teams where you are say hat went more running back early and you're a little paper thin you have the Kadarius tonys the godwins like my mckenzie as a wide receiver four in that scenario doesn't sound awful to me because at least you're getting single game upside even if he doesn't have like season long like breakout target share potential um i'm trying to think any other of the big uh decision points on the waiver wire this week here this was one from last week too people what would you bid on mitchell uh dropped in in ffpc eli mitchell because that we had that pop up a little i think bit we last cooled week. off i think we came to like around 200 or something and then we were outbid in the one league we had him on we had him available in I yeah shelly outbuilt out, out bid us some of these ones are like very dependent on your team needs thoughts on uh rondell's uh fab value it sounds like he's gonna play this week you know a lot of our teams he wouldn't be starting for us um he feels to me very similar to the mckenzie conversation i'm a little underselling him i think it's underselling him a little bit just because dorch has has feasted now it could create a situation where rondale just busts because maybe they stick with dorch which it's a kind of a rule situation like what should he do he should play Rondale. What will he do? He's going to play Dorch. So I yeah. think, but I would, I would be up over hundred for Rondale. I would definitely be over hundred for Rondale. Yeah. People are talking about Dobbs. I would go big on Dobbs. Did we do a Dobbs victory oh. lap yet? You, uh, you got to go big on Dobbs. Gretch, you look like Devontae Adams. Gretch, you, uh, I mean, shout out to Gretch pounding the table for pounding Dobbs. No, I, I mean, mean, we obviously we would still rather have Dawson Knox, but. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot oh. about that. Oh, we were joking about that in Vegas a lot. I have not thought about that since Vegas. Oh, man. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. That's, it, it, that's, what's, that's what's looking bad, Pat. That's it's looking, looking bad. pretty bad. I it's felt like bad. in Vegas, I realized it was going to look bad. Yeah, like, it's one of those things where I was like, gonna, I'm yeah. already, yeah. I, I like made sure we got a share in Vegas because I was like, I'm going to eat it so hard. Yeah, because I'm, I'm done. What sucks <laughs> so much about the knocks over is this is on a team where we fucking have Mark Andrews. Uh, it was Tyler Higby. Uh, I mean, I mean, we smashed. Uh, Dobbs yeah, would look pretty Dobbs. good on this team. I'll say that right now. He would look pretty good. Help, but hey, but we got it. Christian Watson five rounds later. Hey, good value. Hey, he could be good something. Value. He could be yeah. something. <laughs> he could be Marcus Valdez Scantling to Dobbs as Adams. No, I mean, he's not. He's not dust at all. He's uh, That was a really good pick in that draft. But I wish <laughs> the Dawson Knox pick him in. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we joke about this when we when we argue about this stuff. It's actually better when we go against the thing that you're arguing for because it's so much better to be in this position and just be like, "See, I was yeah." Right. Well, <laughs> like it's I the, know the equity I, on the "I told you so" equity is just so. Well, the, high. the problem with this stuff too is like you'll. I just need like a pause button of like Pat, like how confident, how much do you like Dawson Knox? I'm like not very much. <laughs> so like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think. I actually think I remember you were – I think you were arguing for Rashad White first because I think my initial thought after we wound up on Knox when I was, like, pretty mad about it during the stream was, like, it wasn't even the first guy Pat wanted. Why did we wind up on his backup player? <laughs> like, we shouldn't have those. Dude, this team <laughs> is hilarious because it has just some fucking mega smashes and Jalen Hurts and Mark Andrews, and then you see Darnell Moody down here. I mean, Mooney. we need like Mooney this, on this team. Too. This team like, we is need like him. this is the epitome of a crack rock draft right here. Just like <laughs> some real lows and some real highs. <laughs> <laughs> Dalvin Cook, dude. I mean, that team can that team can smash with if Dalvin Cook gets going. 
Yeah. Yeah. Although we need that shoulder not to be a thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I know our, our Buckeye boomers, you guys feel free to hop on. We'll check out that team in a second. Other co-managers, if you guys want to start sending some bids across here, the blurry screenshots, all of that, we can see what went down in this waiver wire run. Uh, let's, let's not talk about KJ Hamler right now. It's, uh, it's been a tough scene. Some of us have bags that are heavy underneath our eyes and in our best ball portfolios, please KJ. Please, KJ, do something. Yeah. What's up, Josh? What's up, What's Evan? Up? Josh, you got the Evan Silva framing yeah. going on right here. You're, you're <laughs> you have the you have the Pete light. You, you've got like a very similar light set up to Pete, but then the the Silva framing. Just so sit up right in my chair. There we go. Is that a Todd uh, moment in the background? It is. Yes, the Cool Cats twenty nine videos on loop. I uh, I actually just checked the uh, the the valuation of that Cool Cat set uh, after last night's Club Top Shot. We're not we're not looking too hot, Josh. We're not looking too hot. <laughs> Listen, this is why you had to sell last August and uh, and still get the videos. Some of us locked up those moments, not really understanding what locking meant. So uh, there's that. Um, let's talk about our Buckeye Boomers team. We ran it back with you guys again this year. Off to a pretty fast start here, three and zero. Evan, how are we feeling about this team? Oh, I feel fantastic about this team right now. You, you have the number one overall scoring player in fantasy, Lamar Jackson, and then you have the 101 if you redrafted today in Cooper Cup. And then you got, you know, Gerald Everett, a good cranky purple hit for us, and then some solid zero RB players that we can fill in every week. So I feel pretty good about this team. You know, DJ Moore is going to eventually be good. And T. Higgins, you know. Can we ceremoniously put him on our bench right now? <laughs> For who? Uh, for, for who? Who? For who? That's who? The problem. I don't fucking care. There is Tony. I did. I did do it for you, Gretch. Just Good to Lord. Really light a fire Onion. under his ass. Um. Yeah. This this team is fun, and and knowing that we do hopefully have God, Godwin. I believe was limited in practice today, so we're we're getting pretty close to getting Godwin back. I think Man, which that would, would be really help. huge help. We could really use a fourth receiver. Well, this this is the thing. I mean, this is this is a zero RB team where we punted tight end, and we still feel weak at wide receiver. Yeah, we pulled the draft board. That's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, this was a super efficient draft. You know, when when we got out of this draft and our recap, we talked about how strong we felt about our our six receivers and. Here we are with, uh, you know, panicking, right. panicking with DJ's, you know, production so far. But this was a team where we did stop at six and we didn't, we yeah. just took a bunch of tight ends and running backs late, right? If you scroll yep. all the way down, did we take yep. another receiver? Or no, no, no other receiver after the seventh round. Wow. No, no we just kept cranking purple. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the top tier rookie receivers were wiped out, you know, at nine, nine Oh two. So we, we kept cranking running oh, backs. Yeah. That's maybe the highest I saw Wilson. I mean, Wilson didn't go into the eighth round really yeah. at all. Nine oh two is real high. The rookie wide receivers went, but we got all those, you know, Singletary, White, Henderson, Gordon, those guys back to back to back to back. Right. That, that we can start filling in. So basically it was a trade-off. The rookie wide receivers or those uh plug and play, plug and play zero B candidates, you know. 
But it, it is crazy. I mean, you would ask any other person, they say, you take six wide receivers through seven rounds. You are loaded, man. There's no way you wouldn't be smashing. And it's like, okay, well, one guy we knew would be coming back from suspension. Kadarius Coney, we never envisioned would be a bust. DJ Moore, we never envisioned would be a bust. And all of a sudden, you feel weak at wide receiver. It's, it's we crazy. are weak. We yeah, are weak. You know are. what I'm mad about? Because, And I don't even remember. You guys would probably remember better than me, but did we want AJ Brown? Cause this was an earlier draft. That was high for AJ Brown. That like, it was. AJ, yeah. we were, we he wanted him, right? Yeah. We wanted Pitts, Javante, and then AJ Brown. That's what it was. He was the receiver that we were. It's cause Ryan, with. Ryan is peak karma and he fucking wow. took AJ Brown from oh, us. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, Williams, Pitts, Brown. And so we took Higgins in the second that hurt. I mean, that, 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 that did not help. Uh, well, Higgins sir, we're has been not, fine. It's more yeah. DJ Moore. I guess. This comment, we we can do this with CD Lamb, but I mean, DJ Moore may no. not be good. Get get out of here. Get out of here. He's had a thousand yards in hey, every one. Get of your hands seasons. in the dirt and go watch some film. Go, go watch some film. <laughs> go, um, watch some, go watch some. Go uh, watch some Kyle Allen film. Go watch some. <laughs> yeah. Go watch some late career Cam Newton film. And then go, go watch, watch some Sam Darnold film. Yeah. Go watch this year's team, which will make you it's like clockwork orange you're gonna have to jam your eyelids open to be able to watch the whole thing it's they're still the worst freaking run offense i've ever seen the this one this one here from our our guy jake too again this goes this comment uh i love jake but this is such a we've been so spoiled by immediate rookie production thing like the no one draft yes we wanted a little standalone value for rashad white i thought that there was, was a path to it for sure in, which in, has a material one Week one, he did have a little bit. Um, was it against the uh, the Cowboys where he was getting used a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Rashad White thing, the thesis was contingent upside. The high-value touches no one thought in that offense. Tom Brady's off. I mean, I, I don't know. I, and Pat, you were saying he had he had, he had maybe had some standalone value. I remember you talking about that. I guess I never really bought that, and I was still comfortable with the play. Because the play to me was that like Fournette might get hurt, and then he's in this really valuable offense. Which I still think the Tampa Bay offense is going to be when they get their receivers back. Like right now, they can't throw, so they're they 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 did a little more in week three. Their pass rate over expected finally positive. The first couple of weeks, they're a run team. I mean, they're giving Leonard Fournette a bunch of carries, and that's how they're trying to win. And that's not that's what not they want to be. Uh, the yeah. Big yeah. Through. That's how you score twelve points and lose to the Packers. Right. The uh, yeah, I've been talking about this in the walkthrough in, in regards to Leonard Fournette. It's like, dude, you you want the Buccaneers to pass the ball. If you have Leonard Fournette, like that's the whole play. The whole play is that he catches a lot of passes. Um, So yeah, it hasn't been great. If you're going to see any, but, but at the same time, Fournette is getting all the work. So I do think like the Rashad white drafters and I, you know, I've got a ton. You're going to have to be patient, but it's, I mean, as far as contingent play goes, he's still easily like a top three, top four contingent running back right now. And the, uh, this is actually one I'm a, I'm actually a little worried about. I mean, Darrell Henderson split snaps with Cam Akers. Cam Akers had more opportunities in week four. Like, things aren't breaking well for Henderson right now. I will say week three, so the, the snap stuff is very accurate, but Henderson ran way more routes, and they ran a really low number of plays, and I think they only threw like 25 passes. You'd expect if if they had that same role, although everything's kind of trending toward more acres, which is not ideal, but you'd expect if they had that same role that Henderson would actually have more opportunities than he got, not necessarily more than acres. But 
they only threw 25 passes. He had only the one target, no catches, right? But like most weeks, if he's running 56% of the routes or whatever he had, Akers was at like 15%. Akers was, you know, they're 50-50, but Akers was on the run plays and, and Henderson was on the pass plays. In a game where they throw 35, 40 passes, he's going to catch four or five balls in that role if he stays in it. It's been – it's shifted every week. So are we starting DeHendo this week? I, I Maybe. I haven't thought about it at all. Over Dude, Gordon. I think we're starting Melvin – I would rather start Melvin Gordon over Henderson. That's kind of my lean right now. I haven't really looked into it that much, but that's where I would lean. I did I did take a peek. Paulson has Melvin Gordon significantly higher than Henderson. Really? He has Henderson buried in his, in okay. his rankings. I'm fine with that, especially because we have Cup. I don't really see the point of playing Henderson with a couple. Yeah, of that's roster. a good point. So no, no coin flip this week. Yeah, no coin flip this week. Uh, Charlie says still stashing Rojo. I see. Are you new here, buddy? I mean, no. this guy. It's not even. They don't. It says select action, but when I click, try to click it on Ronald Jones, nothing happens. Nothing. He's just a fixture on our lineups. Give it up. He comes preloaded. <laughs> we don't even have to draft him. <laughs> The best part about this start is we've been able to add more Ronald Jones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, wait. Right. So did uh, it process? Because we Bit have Ty Chandler. Yeah. Okay. We got Justin yeah, Jackson. Justin we got Tyler and Ty Chandler here, uh, which are two. I saw, uh, of course, our, our godfather, Sean Siegel, hyping up Justin Jackson as a super deep sleeper this week. Ty Chandler, man, if we, if we get Dalvin Cook – uh, maybe they forget his harness when they head across the pond. You could just get a little peek at Ty Chandler. That could be fun. That could be fun. Mackenzie went for 189 in our league. 189. Send me a blurry screenshot, Josh, so well, I can get this nice. up. The, the With the new app update, I don't know if the screenshots will be blurry. Oh, you're right. These screenshots you guys oh, are wow. sending me That's look right. different. What is going on? Yeah, you, uh, you guys brought up Mackenzie at about two minutes until – uh, lock and I have not gotten I had not got my waivers done before I had to go to this curriculum night I was talking about earlier. I didn't realize I was gonna be doing because my wife came down with something and um I went and threw I went and did a quick search, found a league he was available, threw him in for 103. So I got him for cheaper than he went in our league at least. Nice. There you go. Um this is yeah so new fab report here. This is from our ship chase yacht club team here we did get justice hill a guy i thought was a little undervalued on the waiver wire this week um we got him for 31 here next bid 12 i'm trying to see the other names kj osborne in this league 139 mac hollins was available in a ton of leagues 107 there you go for your deontay foreman 63 here ebner 37 anything else jumping out to you guys here not much just that Reynolds ebner 37 is interesting yeah, I didn't realize he would be on the radar like that. I saw a lot of people mention him this week, but I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of Herbert, right? Herbert looked good. Herbert looked really good. Uh, he looked awesome. Yeah, I, but I don't, I don't think Abner's going to work in much. I think they're, you know, everybody's yeah. just searching for something. So, well, right. I would say Ebner is analogous to Ty Chandler and Justin Jackson, like the exciting yeah. third yeah. guy. Is there a timeline for Montgomery? I haven't seen anything on that. It's just day to day, but. I don't know. Um, let me pull up the bid group. You just sent this over for our league here. Do I have the right one? Uh, yeah, Isaiah McKenzie, 189 in this league. Craig Reynolds, 75. So seeing a lit, little bit of randomness, or not randomness, but a, a nice distribution of Craig <clears throat> Reynolds' bids. Alec Pierce, 38. Justice Hill, 37. Were we the 26 on this one? We had a high of 26. 
26. Yeah, so Justice Hill goes 37 here. Bray, oh, 29. Chuba, 26 to our guy Pete Carmen in the chat. Schroeder takes uh, Bellinger for 23. Let's see here. Go through a few more. We got our Slow Bros guys just sent over one here. Let's see. Uh, this one now, Willis sending me the real blurry screenshot. Oh, Willis, oh, yeah. this is oh. this is Buckeye <laughs> this is Boomers. Yeah, there we go. Oh yeah, this proud of you, proud of you, Willis. I can read this. This is still way too Davis clear. Price. People He's have been cutting. Cut, isn't he? Yeah, someone was cutting him in the other one. We're adding him for forty here. No other bids. I actually don't mind the Taysom Hill uh, bid with uh, Jameis Winston questionable this week. Justice Hill went for 35 here. So this was definitely the range for, for Justice yeah, Hill. This we were a little too light on Justice Hill. We're not going to get him in a lot of places. I think we were more like 23, 25. Yeah. I was I was a little hype on on Justice Hill. I thought he was a good ad and uh a little definitely hype. wasn't I think every chat we were in, you were uh I was on a fucking island. I mean, I was arguing about? with Josh about Justice Hill. You were Hill. showing up to a conversation that, was, that hadn't started and saying, I'm pounding the table for Justice Hill right now. It's I like, apparently all right. didn't pound it hard enough. Let's go well, you didn't it. I saw some bids that you put in were around 20 bucks, so I just followed suit. I put them in. See, Pretty much everywhere. This is the thing is I use a, a collective. We have a lot of data points. We're in like 19 different group chats. And if I'm on an island, I have to check my enthusiasm. And uh I told you in our chat I was with you. I, I had just yeah, I said I was with you too. Yeah. I, I went was, around I was on the island. Josh, I was arguing with Josh about Justice Hill while com it, watching commercial breaks during Survivor. That's how that's how dialed <laughs> I was. <laughs> and um, I truthfully, I was really trying to go after McKenzie and Arley because of our receivers. Um, yeah, and I was I was on an island with that one, so I was just on an island all the way around this week um, with the player tags. We're all on. So we got Sky Moore in our. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on Statue. Sam, Sam was right that we overpaid, but we overpaid I mean, by exactly as much as Sam said we were going to. Yeah. I couldn't be happier. I, I couldn't, couldn't be happier. Couldn't we got Sky Moore. My response is best. yes. No one went to three hundred bucks on on him. Also, hey, Dak uh, Prescott, who you we were arguing about, you know, would anyone go high on him? He did go very. He went real high. We that's that's gonna absurd. I'm just going to say it. 174 dollars on fucking the backup QB for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> wait, <laughs> what's the wait? Wait, what's the conversion on this? This isn't. I was thinking the same thing. Wait, what, what's the conversion here? What? Dude, Euros. Drico is back visiting his family in the homeland of Ireland, and apparently, and the his fab turned Dr Euros. Drico, do you? Do we get like a couple extra fab because it's Euro? How does this yeah. work? What's Those the conversion rate? Yeah, tell, tell Sam we didn't overbid by 100. We, we overbid yeah. by some, some yeah. number of euros. The dollar apparently goes too far uh, when it comes to Skyboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I will. I need to get this up. Sam had a very good bit. He did want to show me his initial screenshot uh, for this. Was was this? So <laughs> this is what you could. Do. Don't well actually me on this bit, Connor. All right, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> See, we didn't bid one hundred twenty nine dollars. We bid uh, you know, bid one hundred twenty nine like, euros. That's like one hundred twenty three dollars. It's like fifty bucks, give or take. <laughs> 
let let me do this because I bet I've been uh, someone needs to talk me off a ledge here because everyone has the same thought. I thought our crew. Here's my thing on on J.K. Dobbins. Um, first of all, just winding back the clock, we got lots of indications from the team that he was having an awesome training camp. Then we have him come out this week. He averaged 10 yards per carry. Kenyon Drake's inactive. Mike Davis doesn't get any touches. He's performing well. Jim Hart, or whatever the Harbaugh is, comes out after the game, sings his praises, says that he's running like the bell cow that they talked about. Him and Jake, or uh, him and uh, Justice Hill have been having these little conversations on the side. On top of it, we don't know the timeline for Gus Edwards fully coming back. We also have J.K. Dobbins popping up on the injury report. It's a top five offense. He has both standalone value right now with a small role and contingent value if anything happens to these guys. To me, this is like the quintessential zero running back stash on teams, and, and no one no one is with me on this. We're with you, dude. Everyone's I went around you. to all no the No one's chats. with me. <laughs> I'm running right behind you, like, yeah, I agree. It's a good, right. good point, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Did, didn't, yeah. we have a, didn't we have a film grinder take that he was bad and couldn't hit the hole last week? That's what we, yeah, we showed Didn't last we? week, and yes. I was like, yeah, now we're on it, and now we're like, never mind. Right? Now we're that it was just a hard hole to see, or whatever the hell I was saying. <laughs> mm. The leverage of the DB threw us off. There. That's right. That's right. I think the better point is the the people we're adding on the waiver wire is like total zeros anyway. So like you might as well make a good bet like this. It's not a great bet, but like it's better than like some of these other bets we're making. Well, and I I think uh, the best point you make is that he's gonna have standalone value. Like I don't think yeah. people realize he just won the number get two job. Like Dobbins could continue to yeah. to gain a little bit more work, but he's <clears throat> probably no time soon going to be in, in like an eighty percent snap share role. I I think I do think that's possible at some point which one of the things you said pete was that that in one of our chats today was that that probably wasn't going to happen at all i think it's possible dobbins is is like the guy if he's just like continues to to look good and is healthy all throughout the year but for the time being no and and like you said for the time being gus edwards is not back edwards could come back at some point i mean these are like the ways that it doesn't work out but it does really look clear that for the next couple of weeks, Justice Hill is going to be playing and he's going to have a role. You're going to be able to start him if you want. And if Dobbins is not healthy, that's the other side of it. There's multiple ways this can play. If he gets re-injured, whatever, it's, it looks now like it's going to be Justice Hill to your point. Like he looks like he has the contingent value. The Kenyon Drake stuff didn't work. He wasn't good for two weeks and they, they made him inactive. We got him on G unit. We got him on, got that rushing floor. So we, we've got some Justice Hill in our lives. And as, uh, uh, as Dalton mentioned in the chat a minute ago, Sean always loves to bring it out. Justice Hill is a true freshman outperformed Chris Carson in college. So, I mean, <laughs> showed up to Oklahoma State and outperformed Chris Carson, future NFL but, pro. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, yeah, I, I don't dis- I, I don't like disagree with a lot of your your t- even though I was pushing back on that. I, I think the other I think the other the context too is like how are you using him on your team and in our team, you know we would be bit up enough to where we would want to be starting him. And if we felt that bad about Hendo, maybe we should have gone a little bit higher because now he's in that rotation with Melgo, you know, and Singletary uh, in the interim for who's going to be the RB two, right. On, on our team. So, you know, maybe we should have gone more if we felt like he was going to be in our weekly conversation for that, that extra spot. Well, that's why I feel like you could kind of middle it with Justice Hill, right? Like if you needed immediate production, like, I mean, uh, you could, I've, I've looked at 
Cardi's projection, Paulson's, Leone's, like Craig Reynolds in Justice Hill are projected pretty similarly for this week. And then I would say that Justice Hill has much better contingent value rest of season and one of the best offenses in football and a lot of uncertainty around the health of those other backs. So that's kind of why I liked him is because I feel like you could tell your story in either direction, whether mm -hmm. contingent or standalone value with him. Um, and that Harbaugh quote, like I could pull that up and I, I know I shared that in a few chats, but it was like a very bullish quote from Jim Harbaugh, like talking about him as a bell cow back that he wanted him to be. And then he was happy on how he delivered on that. Yeah. I, I feel like he just uh, repeated that from, from last year when he was the only one left and they were like, well, he's, he's going to be the guy that's going to take the workload. And then he started to get phased out last year. Before no, he, he got, was Achilles before, last year. Well, before he got injured, right? So, you know, he was he was starting down that. I mean, that when you crazy. think about we, we drafted him last year, uh, right after the Gus Edwards and JK injuries, or it was right after the JK injury happened last year. The Dobbins um, injury was like confirmed during our stream, so we yeah. pushed uphill. Yeah. I think Hill towards Achilles before the season. I, I thought I don't well it was we streamed on like August okay like 29th or something. So yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, is – what was I going to say? Uh, I've talked about Justice Hill way too wait, much wait today. Too much. Uh, I don't even remember the point I was going to make uh, about Justice Hill. Oh, I was just going <laughs> to say, the, the, the fact that they made Kenyon Drake inactive on Sunday was very, very encouraging because they weren't prepared to give J.K. Dobbins a full role. It seemed pretty clear that they were going to ease Dobbins back in, and they still made Drake inactive. Right. to give justice um, a decent amount of work. So just like how the team feels about justice Hill, I feel very confident saying the team is, it feels good about justice Hill right now. Also the Achilles stuff. He's one of these guys, right? Where it's like James Robinson, Sterling Shepard, justice Hill. Is there another one I'm forgetting? They Cam all, I mean, well, Cam Akers. Iffy. Yeah. Yeah. Iffy. Yeah. He's actually he's coming one. on. He's been increasing. Shepard's a yeah. tough one to bring up because he, I mean, it was a different he just tore his yeah. ACL, but yeah, maybe his competitive. I mean, he would, he had made a complete recovery. Like he was the yeah. number one receiver. He good. I guess that's probably completely unrelated. At this rate, system. I would have to get a fucking Justice Hill cake made for uh, for week four. I mean, my God. Well, apparently Dalton's starting him over DJ Moore. So. And I'm eating this cake by myself. <laughs> <laughs> All you fuckers didn't believe me. <laughs> I'm all uh, literally, I'm like literally checking chats where like Pete came in and was like, I'm pounding the table. And then the next comment is me being like, I just updated the builds. <laughs> Pete never says another word. So far, <laughs> he never is like, no, no, that's not high enough. I said pound on the table. No, he just, he just <laughs> so for McKenzie and our team, yeah, you guys did not feel like we needed to go big on him because Godwin is getting healthier. Is that ultimately why? Nobody would, besides myself was like, hey, I think we need to dump Doolin for, for McKenzie. That was kind of my thought process. I, I saw the Godwin report, and I'm like, he'll be back eventually. I think he, they, they need they need Godwin, so he's going to play within the next probably next week, week six maybe. I don't know. Um, so he'll be in, a, in our lineup, so I don't know. McKenzie's one of those like thin bets that we would have thrown. I think McKenzie would have fit on this roster. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see that conversation. Yeah, what, what think, did we I bid? Josh is right. We just got a little bit too tight in this league. We should have just we should have been a little bit more aggressive because I think we should have been more aggressive on Hill. Like, well, I think to not get any of these guys. 
would would we have been able to beat a 189 bid, which no, is what no, he no. went for? I, I don't no. know if we were ever getting well, to no, that. I, I said 25% on McKenzie. That was what I came in with this well, morning. That, that well, like too much. And, my, and, yeah, my answer would be I wouldn't want to have won him for 25% sitting here now. That's, that's where I'm at. I would have been happy to get a bid on him, but I don't yeah. think he's a 25% player. I think I would have compromised in the like 100 range. Okay. Yeah, that's where I, I don't know if I would have been. That's right. 25% was me saying, hey, we really need a guy because Godwin's still kind of hurt, unsure, Moore's underperforming, and Tony's still a zero. And, you know, that fourth receiver spot has just been a concern, you know, each week for yeah. us. I, I think mean, absolute worst-case scenario, we can we can flex Melvin Gordon. We can just play three right. running backs. That's yeah. the bye week <laughs> we need TJ TJ Moore come back to life. Please. I know, right? Like we just about really to play need Melvin Gordon over you, dude. I mean, but just, <laughs> just to put things in perspective. As much as we're bagging on DJ Moore, Leone has uh, more projected for thirteen point three points this week. He has Isaiah McKenzie projected for eight point seven. Like it's not even close on who's the better star. I know we're all frustrated, but yeah. if you're doing projections, like you can't start Isaiah McKenzie over DJ Moore. I'm comfortable going back to Leone complaining if uh, DJ Moore continues. Oh, that's the story stuff. of our lives. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We ignore him when he's right, pounding the yeah. table, and then we right. flame him when he's wrong. It's Leone, great. where's the uh, extra 10 points for uh, DJ Moore here? <laughs> <laughs> I have a macro fab question, like just based on the way that waivers have been going so far this year. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, my man. Um, I mean, people, I don't want to be blowing, blowing money just to blow money. Like, I feel like that's just been like a common theme that people have done. And I feel like there's an edge right now in like saving your money and like, and not just like blowing money on these random bad bets early in the season. Like there's eventually these players are going to get dropped during the buys and there's going to be better options later. I think at least, and having the money to control the waiver wire, I think it's going to be a huge edge in these tournaments. I don't know if you guys agree with that or disagree. I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, I think that your point about guys getting dropped is a really good one because that has been where a lot of the value has been so far. We had David and Joku get dropped in the in our main. We we went two sixty nine and didn't get them, which I think is fine. I mean, I bet someone went probably like more like four hundred. Yeah. Um, he got dropped. By the way, don't do this. He got dropped before a Thursday night game. <laughs> so like they could have taken the peak for free. Yeah. Drop your kicker, man. It's such a. I don't think they know uh, that this is tight end premium. I don't think they know uh, about taking a peek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I do think, and like Sky Moore is the guy that we won today that was over 100, spent 121 on him. Um, and yeah, obviously he had been someone who was dropped. So I don't know. Like, I guess I'm starting to get a little bit nervous that there won't be like some out of nowhere running back who emerges as a mega bid. But I do think we're going to continue to see guys who get get dropped who shouldn't. I feel like a guy like McKenzie is a is even a guy that's going to be there in week seven or week, like before week seven when a lot of the good teams run by. I can't remember exactly. Who, I know the Eagles are. I can't remember exactly who's on by that week, but that's a week where dudes are going to get dropped that shouldn't be, and we can like kind of jump in and bid on a guy there, you know. So like instead of like blowing our money now when it's probably not necessary. Kevin mentioned yeah. Dobbs got added in five leagues for an average of five hundred and nineteen dollars. Man, I just wish I could have spent half my budget on Romeo Dobbs. I, I want to be prepared for opportunities like that when they come up. I, it's going to happen eventually in our league. Good point. 
Yeah. And I, I do think that's the tough thing too, because we've, we've been having this conversation with, for our stat chasing league around the sky more bid and basically what is the opportunity cost of not having that money in the holster. And it's like two things, right? Where the, any, anybody you add to your team now is worth more than someone you add next week or the following week, what they can do for your team. On the other hand, if you do have a strict positional need, you want as much powder on hand to pounce on that. And I guess it is also ultimately league specific. What are your league mates needs? How much money do they have? Are you going to be able to bully them off of say an obvious bid? If we have an Eli Mitchell of 2022 pop up on the waiver wire at this point, do you have enough money to actually win them? And I, it's, it's not an easy calculus to make. You got to look at it on a league by league basis. But can an Eli Mitchell emerge in the sense of like Eli Mitchell in the first game that the 49ers played was their guy. Like he was, he was a, a guy the team was committed to that we didn't know they were committed to. And, and those types of situations, you know, because well, Moser got hurt right away. I mean, right. For, yeah. But he was playing over Trey Sermon right away, right? Wasn't Trey yeah. Sermon a healthy scratch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moser got game? hurt on like the second snap and then Elijah yeah. Mitchell got like 20 plus carries. Like he was just right. like the guy. So that type of stuff like is over now. Like there's not going to be some like, oh, I didn't know the team loved this guy. Like that, that almost can't happen. Now it's mostly just injury contingency stuff. And maybe there's, and there probably is some really talented guy out there that, you know, isn't highly rostered that will emerge over the course of the season, but it's going to be a little bit more random. Like it might be in week nine or something. This uh, commentary on fab, I, I wrote a really long intro for, for part two of stealing signals this week about fab strategy. I got going with it a little bit and was meandering through a lot of different thoughts. I didn't think it was that long. And somebody joked on Twitter that it was a 4,000 word intro. And so while we're talking about it, for some reason, I decided that I would go check because I never did go check. It was 3,300 words on fab. (laughs) As an an introduction. What the fuck? (laughs) You said something at one point you just stopped and you're like, you're like, well, I'm pretty sure I covered everything, although it probably wasn't that well organized. But anyway, and then you like made like a bunch more points. <laughs> I enjoyed it. But it was good. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It was It was good. No, it was a very good article. You, you mentioned you I, liked I need, it. You people I did. Mentioned I liked it a lot. I need you to work in more fast food uh, Taco Bell-esque anecdotes to your intros. Like... That's what I need. I need your full order. <laughs> I mean, I need it all. Uh, Chalupa Supreme. No sour cream. Add nacho cheese. You guys remember when they had the nacho cheese chalupa back in the day? You gotta, you gotta add oh, yeah. nacho cheese. I, I'm not a sour cream guy. You replace the, the sour cream with the nacho cheese. You get the the nacho cheese chalupa. That's how it's done. That sounds. When cool. I uh, the night it was a couple <clears throat> months ago when I think I I've mentioned it on streams when my clutch on my Toyota Corolla gave out on the middle of the highway and I had like a legit near death experience and Lauren came and, and picked me up and I ditched my car at some auto body shop in the middle of nowhere. And I was starving cause I hadn't eaten all day basically. And I was like, take me to Taco Bell right now. <laughs> and I got my weed pen and I got high on the drive and I just, I spent like $36 at a Taco yeah. Bell and it Hell was yeah. fucking incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mexican pizza. Crunchwrap Supreme is my jam. You got to get the cinnamon twists, double decker tacos. I mean, you got all what a of this? Treat. Cheesy gordita oh, crunch. I haven't even listed half the order. Yeah. Steak quesarito is a good one. <laughs> it's so good. Was that Crack Rock weed so- from Massachusetts? 
Uh, I wish, except we don't even know where that location <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, no one knows I where mean, that is. No one knows. <laughs> Neither does he, clearly. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, Buckeye Boomers, I feel like this team is going places. We'll figure out wide receiver. I mean, do we need to burn some incense for Kadarius Tony and Chris Godwin? I mean, that's what we need here, right? Yeah, some, yeah something. Tony's a good guy to have right now. I was really mm-hmm. bullish on him and still in signals. I mean – Sterling Shepard, 24 targets through three games, eight targets a game. He's now out for the year, right? You have Richie James at 15. You have David Sills at eight as their third most targeted receiver. That's, that's, there's no, Kenny Galladay not even playing. And when he does play, it doesn't look good. It's him or Wandale Robinson, Tony or Robinson. That, if, he doesn't do it this, if he doesn't do it this week, then when will he? I, he's the guy that if he's active, well, I think we, we actually do plug in. I mean, I think he's the he, answer. Yeah. He's, he's going to get practice active. today. So, yeah. yeah like, we got to get activity on game day from him right. to start. So I don't think we can start him over DJ Moore. I mean, as much I don't think so can, either. No, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. The last time he was in the game, he had like two snaps and one of them was a quarterback. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> we can't start over DJ Moore. DJ Moore right. has hurt me. All right. <laughs> We're all hurt. Literally, dude. We're all healed. I mean, we I just thought put... I was a DJ Moore bear right now. And now I'm like, what? Tony isn't practicing with a hamstring injury. And for in the, the record, it's not done. DJ Moore's fault. None of this is your fault, DJ Moore. You're my guy. No, it's it's uh, it's not you. It's me. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's Wonderful great. night here on Ship Chasing. Thank you to our Buckeye Boomers for joining us. Thank you guys for hanging out in the chat. Uh, normally we play an outro, but there's only one outro for tonight. It's Visca, baby. Hasta la Visca! I gotta play the...